Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys, How welcome are you? to a new episode. I got a new episode. I feel it good from my head to my boobs. That's all. Like, that's that's how good I feel. Just head to boobs, not head <laughs> tissues. The rest of your body is not happy. No, no. So today we're going to be talking about some activities in quarantine. You know, we're all in quarantine with our kids, and at this point, it's it's fight or flight. It really is. You make it or you get consumed by this. And we're going to teach you maybe some things to literally make. Yeah. Literally to make it. So we're going to have Rainu Blankenship, owner of Maker Mint and a very, very creative woman on as one of our guests. And then we're going to talk about how we refuse to homeschool. How we refuse. Or at least how one woman does. And how I kind of agree. I I don't disagree. That's for sure. My idea of homeschooling is ABC mouse on a tablet. Exactly. As always, we have hashtag swag bag. But stay tuned because up next... The tits and the shit. Carrie, yes. was it you who told me that it feels like Groundhog's Day every day? No, but it does. Oh, all right. <laughs> I can't remember who it is, but... I don't disagree. No, me neither. And I, I almost don't know what the point of the tits and the shits is at this point. I know, because it's all the same. Strangely, my cousin uh, took a picture outside of her window yesterday, and there was an actual groundhog hiding underneath her deck. And she's like, it really is Groundhog Day. <laughs> not not in New York, though. No, New Where Jersey. She? New Jersey. In New Jersey, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to see some real wild animals in my backyard other than the feral cats. It's going to start coming as the longer their quarantine goes. You're I gonna- know, I can't wait. I I hope there's like deer and shit. We have a bunch of rabbits in the backyard right now. Because you're in New Jersey. Yeah. And the town next to ours, a seal was on the sidewalk and was like waddling up on the sidewalk. The last time there was a seal in the Atlantic City area was like when Monopoly was invented (laughs) and they named all the streets after Atlantic City streets. Probably. Although we do have like a marine mammal stranding center. So I'm at the very bottom of Southern New Jersey. So animals do strand themselves, I guess. The same thing that makes where I'm from a good surfing area because it's like cut out and the waves make this kind of V is also what can strand animals. So we do in our area get a bunch of strandings because of the way the tide or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a biologist or a marine biologist or even a smart person, but (laughs) I do. I have been to the Marine Mammal Stranding Center. I did want to be a marine biologist. Who didn't want to be a marine biologist? I really wanted to be. I was like really looking into it and then I realized, oh, I have to live on a boat with sharks that I scare the shit out of me. So maybe not. Living, maybe that's a bad idea. Living on a boat was what did it for me. I get seasick. I get nauseous so bad. This would be a terrible career choice. To quote you, you could never be on below the deck. <laughs> So for reference, for people who are listening today on Wednesday, we are recording this last Friday. And the day before that, we had done an Instagram live with a drinking game, which we'll be doing every week now, which, I think. P.S. That is my tits. I'm going to go first. My tits was I had such a good time. I had so much fun. Doing that live show. And afterward, my friends that were on texted me and said that was the biggest last they've had since quarantine. Yes. So go on with your story. I was talking about Below the Deck. Below the deck on, you know, the Bravo show Below the Deck. (laughs) 
<laughs> and how I didn't believe any of them were actual deckhands. Which you are incorrect, but also you're incorrect because the show is not called Below the Deck. Well, on the show Below the Deck, none of them are deckhands. It's my show. <laughs> so what was your shits for the week then? So my shits are, now that I'm consuming so much media because I'm just trying to eat up anything that will take my mind off stuff, I am mad now. I, I forgot I was mad because I don't usually watch this much TV or listen to this much podcasting that's not related to stuff that we're going to use on the show. But Passenger List, which was this dope podcast, live storytelling, starring Patti Lapone herself, Miss Patti Lapone. It, is like, it like on TNT or something? No, this is a podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ended abruptly, so much so, not ended, but just the last episode just like kind of left you hanging. And yeah. I, I didn't hear that there's supposed to be a season two. I actually thought maybe I listened to stuff out of order. That's how weirdly it ended. I'm like, did I miss huh. something? But I don't know if there's going to be a season two. I want to know. I need to know. I've Googled it. It didn't tell me anything if there's going to be a season two. So what up, passenger list? And then the second thing is The Night Of on HBO. Oh, you've never seen that? This is no, the no, first I, time seeing this? No, I saw it. But when it was over, I remember thinking, well, when are they going to pick this back up again? They haven't. I have to say, I kind of really like this golden age of television we're living in where things can exist for just a season. Like almost the the concept of the late 80s, early 90s miniseries, but good. I didn't feel like it was done. Did you feel like it was done? Um, Yes and no. I, to be completely honest, I watched it so long ago that I don't really remember. I mean, it was left off where he's like fucking his lawyer lady in jail and he's doing drugs and running drugs. Oh yeah, that's right. I felt like it kind of went full circle. He like kind of turned into that guy, the guy that he was being accused of being. And then he gets to bang out a hot lawyer lady. Anyway, my tits and my shit. Yes, tell me. So, you know, like anybody else right now, things change day to day. Some Mm -hmm. days I wake up and I'm like, I feel like a million bucks. I can do anything. And then most days I'm like, do I have to get out of bed? (laughs) Do I have to do things? Maybe I won't brush my teeth today. Uh, Most days I don't (laughs) brush my teeth anymore. You know, things had started to wear on me and I was not sleeping. I was convinced that I had coronavirus. I was like feeling feelings in my chest and my throat and being like, oh my God, this is it. I have it. So I finally got to the point where I was like, tonight, I'm not going to drink. Instead, I'm going to take a sedative, one of my super precious sedatives, and I am going to go the fuck to sleep. And I took half, very low dose sedative, Mm -hmm. but it knocks you the fuck out. And in the middle of the night, I woke up, I shot up onto my knees, my arm, (laughs) my left arm was completely dead. (laughs) I freaked the fuck out, sat up in bed, woke up Matt and was like, my arm, my arm's dead. My arm is dead. My arm is dead. He tells this story and he laughs so hard because he's like, you're like standing there and your arm's just like hanging like it's not a part of your body and you're freaking out at three in the morning. I don't remember all of it because of the sedative, but it hurt so bad. And I just remember being like, what happened? How did I lose my arm in the middle of sleeping? Horrible. One time I took a sedative a long time ago. I was not sleeping. I told my brother to come over and watch me because I was afraid of what I was going to do and I needed to sleep during the day. So he brought a bunch of his friends over because they lived in an apartment. This is usually how like 
gangbang porn starts, by the way. <laughs> That's not what happened. But I get SAG screeners. And so a bunch of his friends came over. I took the sedative during the day so I could just sleep. And they yeah. were going to like make sure I didn't do anything crazy, you know? And they put on the screener I had for Batman, the Batman with Christian Bale, that one. Mm. And evidently, I have zero recollection of this. I sprung out of bed and I was like, everything's made of glass in Hong Kong. <laughs> they go to Hong Kong. Everything's made of glass in Hong Kong. The people are made of glass. And then I laid back down. <laughs> Oh my God. My brother got a video of the very end of it. You just sat, sat up and started singing, the people are in Hong Kong are made of glass, and then you laid back down. Sedatives are a hell of a drug, kid. My tits are that yesterday I got so fed up with my son because he told me he didn't like me and he liked his dad that I went for a run. I know you called me. You're like, I went for a run. I was like, are you trying to tell me you're something? like, are you well? Yeah. Are you well, Ashley? I went for a run and then I did like yoga. I would think you were running from the cops. That would make sense. I do <laughs> want to set the record straight and tell everyone that me running is the most pathetic sight in the world. I'm like baby stepping and I look like I'm really struggling and I'm just like (sighs) you know like an old lady is going faster than me an old lady walking you know so what's your shits I I already told you my dead arm oh well that was like tits and shits because you got a good sleep yeah I got a good sleep shits was you 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 lost an arm anyway stay tuned next up we're going to be talking to Rainu Blankenship of Maker Mint All right, guys. So today I am talking to Rainu Blankenship. She is a New Yorker, a mother of three, and the owner of Maker Mint. Hi, Rainu. How are you? I am stewing well today. (laughs) How are you? Today, just today. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's hour by hour here. Yeah, I'm good. You know, same. Every day is a new adventure at home. New, but the same. Yes. So Maker Mint is very cool. Such an original concept. Could you kind of explain to myself and, you know, our listeners what Maker Mint is. Yeah. So there are two sides of my business. One is the social media side. So I have an Instagram account called Maker Mint. That's more like a community of moms, I would say, between late 20s to mid 40s. And it's a place where moms can come to get creative inspiration for things to do in their daily life or on weekends, creative ideas for activities and crafts and projects for kids. And then also for us. So I put up a lot of activities that are also something that adults might enjoy doing. You know, it's Easter, we're about to do Easter egg decorating. And so there's ideas for both children and adults. The tangible side of my business is that I, out of Lower Manhattan, run an artful event business where I plan, create, and execute special events that are creative in nature for clients in the New York City area. So that could be tons of birthday parties. It could be open houses for real estate brokers, corporate team building, ladies nights, school events. It really runs the gamut. But if it's something creative where kids or adults are making, I love to create highly customized events. Well, to give our listeners a firsthand example, you and I met at that Hey Mama event at The Wonder, and you had like a whole little craft table set up that my son was at, and it was basically making magic wands out of twigs or sticks, mm-hmm. wire, and beads. Yes. So for that event, it was a kind of a rock and roll holiday event. So I took this concept of wands wrapped with yarn, wire, and beads, and we added musical charms to them because I think there was a music component yeah. that was being highlighted in kind of directly next to us. So there were guitars and music 
music notes and little charms that the kids could add on with the wire and beads. And that was just something to flesh out. They had kids everywhere from probably one to about 10. And it was something that I felt like that age group of kids could do and could have fun doing while listening to the music and while hanging out with their friends. Well, when we were coming up with what to talk about this week, I immediately thought of you and told Carrie we need to talk to Renu because I kind of blown away that something as simple as sticks with yarn and wire and beads, it was like totally captivating. It looked great. My son has wanted to hang on to this thing and play with it. And I just feel like you are this wealth of knowledge and ideas. And it would be a huge mistake to not talk to you in the midst of all of this. So I'm so glad that he likes his wand. And I am glad that he's holding on to it. And it is so nice and wonderful to hear that you guys wanted to reach out. I'm so happy to be here too. Let's start with how old are your children? My children, I have a nine-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son. So you kind of have the whole spectrum of ages, you know, not quite a like a, a newbie newbie, but you've got all the different ages here. Yeah, I am out of the insane period of three under five, like five <laughs> and under. That was really something. And to remember that period when I talk to people who have younger children, it, it all comes right back. <laughs> That's so much work. It was a blur. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the activities or some of the things you're coming up with to keep your kids active? Because when I look at your Instagram, you guys are doing a zillion things every day. Yeah. So I have this mentality with my children because they're all different ages. I have this mentality with them that where you can be creative even in just normal activities. So it, let's say, for example, that everyone's begging for a show and they all want to watch a show. By the way, they all want to watch a different show and we usually have to of go course. to the least common denominator and which means the nine-year-old's miserable and there's all that back and forth. But to get to that show, you can almost make like a creative or an active obstacle course. You can say, okay, well, I know we're going to do that and we're going to do that at 2.30. But before then, you can even write this down on a card and like hole punch it. Before then, we're going to come up with a Lego structure that moves and everyone kind of works on that. And it's like beautiful because you have this independent play. They each have their own little groups. They're working on something that's the same. They're looking at what the other one's doing. And it gives them this one thing to check off before they get to the goal that they want to do. And even if that goal isn't there, I always come up with these little challenges. And I find that it's just giving them the idea will set them off on playing. And then sometimes it's like an hour and they're not even working on the original thing that I suggested. They're now fully immersed in that activity. Wow, that's amazing. So I guess one of my questions in all of this has been like, I see certain things, certain ideas on the internet. And I just think, well, what if I don't have the materials for that or the tools for that? What are some projects, some things we can do with our kids, some creative things that we don't need to leave our house to buy any materials? We have everything and it's 
a completely common tool or material that we have in our home? Okay, so it's obviously going to depend on age group. Did you want to start with a certain age group? Let's start with kind of the bigger kids. So bigger kids, I mean, when I was putting together materials that I wanted to have on hand, because I think Amazon is so overburdened at this time, I'm really trying to use what I have, which happens to be a lot because I'm like a craft hoarder. But when I'm coming up with concepts to share with the moms in my community who are home, this isn't the time to, you know, be decoupaging or doing specific clay paintings. This is the time to be resourceful. So some of the things that I love to have on hand are cardboard. In this period, I'm not getting rid of cardboard boxes. I actually love things like, you know, those mac and cheese. We're all using those, the Annie's mac and cheese or um, cereal boxes. That kind of thin cardboard is wonderful to keep on hand too. And I have some white cardstock, which is not thin paper. That's probably my staple. It's like a thicker paper. It's almost like poster board, right? Yeah. It it just has a nice weight to it. And magazines. I think that's what I've been relying on the most, especially for my nine and seven-year-old. So my seven-year-old yesterday, she said she was bored. So I said, sit down with me. And I was actually like cutting up some cardboard. And she ended up, I said, look at this magazine. And she was drawing and she wanted to draw and she's drawing her picture and she wanted to add to it. And she was getting frustrated. The animal wasn't coming out the way that she wanted. So I had a National Geographic, which is so great for those, for pictures of nature. And she cut out a prairie dog and all of a sudden created this scene on her page, which was like a prairie dog coming out of an armchair with this beautiful chandelier. It's great because you're using just simple items. That little activity had her going for 45 minutes and it's creative, it's open-ended, and I love that. So I love anything with paper and magazines. One project that I really love is taking a big poster board, cutting out images that you like from magazines, and creating a Candyland type of board game. Let's say you cut out Garfield and you cut out a snake. So you would make boxes going from start and you would have an ending image that you cut out from a magazine. And along the way, you would put these other images. And if you land on those images, it would be like skip a turn or move forward to the next green square. And you draw tiles, you know, draw spaces in between those images to get to the end, whatever your goal is, whatever the end image is. And this takes hours to create with your children. Yes, this is hands down the best activity I did this year. I spent a Sunday afternoon doing this with my children. My youngest child, who's four, like to pick out pictures. My older ones love the idea of coming up with, okay, you know, this is gnome tea time. They collage together a picture of a gnome with a, a mug of tea. And at gnome tea time, you get to rest there and skip a turn or I don't remember exactly what they did on each one. And the beauty is, is that you create this. And one of my children said to me, mom, like we could make these and sell them. (laughs) And I said, the person who invented Monopoly had that same exact thought. And the nice thing is, is that the images and the theme, the things that they pick are so personal that they're invested in playing the game. And I think for about a month after we made this game, they came home from school every day and just grabbed a dice 
and you could pick anything, Lego minifigures, you could pick literally anything around the house to be your little item that you move. And they played it every day. And it was just a simple game. So I love stuff like that, that takes things that we have and makes them reusable. I have to say, when I was in like fifth grade, maybe in Hebrew class, because I went to a Jewish school, every month we had to basically make our own board game. And we could use pieces from old board games, whatever, but we had to basically make our own board game with some kind of overarching, you know, Judaism concept to it. And it was every kid in the class loved that day and love that homework assignment. So that's genius. I think that's amazing. What do you have for, I'm going to be very specific here because I'm asking about my son specifically. Asking for a friend. Yeah. (laughs) Asking for my little buddy. He's going to be three soon and he doesn't like coloring. Mm -hmm. So sensory activities are going to be the best thing. For his age, so he's like two and a half. Yeah. Things that I love when my son was that age and that he still loves, this is so simple. I mean, so simple, but so engaging. I would put a beach towel down in the bathroom and you can, if your sink is really clean, because we're all keeping things so clean, you could even fill up your sink to do this. But I generally used like a small wash basin. I would fill it up halfway with water and he would help me fill that up and I would put it on the ground. And then I would grab from the kitchen, measuring cups, I have little pipettes, you know, like those droppers that Mm -hmm. come with, you know, different extracts or whatever. I save those things like that. And I would bring some toys in. You could bring little shark toys or really anything that they're interested in at the time. And we would call it mix and measure time. And he would, or in some spoons, and he would mix just the concept of taking water from one item to another and splashing around. And you have the towel down and you're in the bathroom and the water's not colored, although you could color. So really, there's nothing to worry about except for drying up after. And he would spend a lot of time there. The one thing that I add to that that makes it so engaging for them, you could take an ice cube tray or a muffin tray and put some toys in each of the little spaces, like plastic toys, and then fill them up with water. So it's like an ice cube with a dinosaur sticking out or something. If you add that to that wash basin, I mean, that's like 45 minutes of the ice melting. And they're just watching their little imaginations and the sounds that they're making and all of a sudden the dinosaur is surfing or he's in the North Pole and it's it's just great and you'll get free time which is like such a commodity for us moms. That's so simple. I'm almost like how did I not think of that? My other thing is I would love to see your New York City apartment because (laughs) to have three children and you save cardboard and drop you know pipettes and all kinds of other stuff and have all this crafting material. I can't even like, I, you're not living in a shoebox. So I'm totally fascinated. I am. It's a commitment. <laughs> and I'll say this when people come over, I don't really let them go in my bedroom <laughs> because there is a faux flower section. There is like a dry erase board with like, it's not pretty, but I do tend to keep the play areas 
as clutter-free as possible, but I'm definitely somebody who has like a cardboard box rocket ship is out. Like that's just <laughs> part of life. Because <laughs> I, I'm also a crafter and my house, I have a whole house and I feel like I don't have enough room. So how you do this in an apartment is fascinating to me. I do have a storage unit in my basement, which is just where I stock everything, like the butcher paper and this, like just that's really where I go down there and it's it's a gold mine. That's amazing. So what about for the really little kids, you know, not infants, somewhere under two where they're, you know, they need a lot of activity also, but they're not fully walking or. So one other thing that would be good for your son's age and for the younger age is, and I know this sounds crunchy, but homemade Play-Doh. If you have the flour to spare, because I know some grocery stores are like totally out. I cannot one- get my hands on flour. So so you're totally so right. So that might not be that that might not be one, but it, for those that do have extra flour, if you do make a batch, it'll last forever in the fridge. So that could be something, but we're going to pass on that one because of it's just such a crazy time at the grocery store anyway. But it's great. I have a little bit of whole wheat flour that I've stockpiled in my pantry, but I'm, st- you know, mm-hmm. like the regular one, I can't get my hands on. Yeast? Forget about it. Like, I don't know. How I- everyone's baking. <laughs> Everyone and their mother is making bread. And I'm sitting here wondering, Not like, me. should I be learning how to make bread? Is it that bad off? Like, is it- Are these bread making times? Yeah, exactly. We have not made our own bread. My husband has been suggesting it, but I will say one of my children told me that she loved quarantine because all the new adventures. And I was like, oh, well, what adventures are you talking about? We were just finishing dinner and she had her first experience with King's Hawaiian rolls. Oh, I love that stuff. And stop and shop marbled pound cake. And it was like beyond. And I was like, this is better than homemade. She was like, I've never experienced anything like this. So for me, it's like that kind of bread making time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I'm not baking. So for the younger children, I have some ideas that are coming to mind. One is younger children obviously love to snack. If you have food coloring and you have yogurt, yogurt is, you know, at least for my kids was like a fan favorite. Yeah. You can put into like if you have a section plate or even a little muffin tin or just three different little dishes, you can put three different sections of yogurt and add food coloring, like just a drop and let them mix it up. It'll be something they can taste. And it's almost like paint. And you can secure them in the high chair, put them somewhere where it's going to be easy to clean, because that was another thing that I always like to have things that were easy cleanup. And then an idea would be to give them maybe slice a banana up or cut apple slices, whatever your child is comfortable to safely eat and have them either dip it in the different colors or to be honest, use their fingers to clean hands to decorate their banana or so on. And then that's like a fun sensory activity for them. You can give them an empty plate. They'll end up, you know, quote unquote, painting on that plate. And then you could use a spoon to scoop it all up for them. Another idea for very young children is to save those old tissue boxes, those cube, you know, like the Kleenex that comes, even the rectangle would be fine. And obviously make sure it's smooth where they wouldn't get any like paper abrasions. You could fill them up with different color scarves and little, little children love to like pull out those scarves. Or you could give them jumbo pom-poms or something and put them into the box and then take them out. Kids love that. And for the slightly older kids, you could cut off the top and make it one box a 
little garage for my son's car. Oh, my son would love that. Yeah. And it's simple. Yeah. What you can do as a mom is to either, my son wanted to cover it with paper so he could kind of like draw or put like color or paint, whatever you want on top of it, just to make it his. And at the end of the day, once he's tired of playing with it, you gave something new life and then you're putting it in the recycling bin. Oh, that's genius. See, this is why I knew we needed to talk to you. There's all kinds of great ideas. Yeah, it's just finding, repurposing. You're right. I probably do keep too much stuff around that. No, I th- <laughs> I mean, it's my dream to keep all that stuff around because I'm like, you never know. Like I, I have a box of half cut into paper from crafting where I'm just like, you never know when you're going to need a scrap and why waste a whole piece of paper. Um, Absolutely. So scrap bin. I'm right there with you. So lastly, are there any new things you've discovered in quarantine? Any new skills or anything that kind of relates to all of this? Yeah, I think my engagement and community on my social media page has been so I never would have expected this from coronavirus, but I feel like the community on my Instagram page, it's just been so engaged. People are home and they're with children. And many times if you were working out of the house, in the beginning, I was getting so many messages. I don't even know where to start. I'm so thankful that I found these ideas, that you have this page with all these ideas. And I think I realized, and I've connected with a lot of people there that, you know, we're all just, we're trying to keep the kids busy. We're trying to keep ourselves sane. And I think that even though it is a crazy and scary time, I feel like the fact that the world is going through this collectively has made me feel more connected than I was before, if that makes sense. No, I I completely agree with you. Another thing that I cannot believe that I wasn't doing in New York, and I mean, we were just running around, you know, between classes and school and everything. The fact that we're all under one roof, that the routine is so much easier to predict. We're all in one space. I have started started with my kids doing, it's a little thing. It's called cookie break at 3 p.m. where everyone sits down, all five of us, and we have a cookie, one cookie. You know, <laughs> I, I don't let people get crazy. It's one cookie, but we all sit down and do it. And then every night before bed, we all sit down. We did not do this before and watch a show. It's 23 minutes. And then everyone goes to bed. And I did a poll on my Instagram and the things that people responded with like new rituals and new routines that they're doing with their children were amazing because these are what our children are going to remember from this time. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing that they won't remember. They hopefully won't remember all of the craziness and they'll remember these little routines that actually are so loving and family oriented. So I'll just give you some examples. One was a 4 p.m. popsicle happy hour every day. Another one was a parent, like a nightcap with the parents, you know, that they made it a point to sit down and pour a drink and talk to each other every night. And you might think, yeah, I do that. But to actually have that as like nine o'clock, we're pouring that drink or, you know, we're having my husband and I have ice cream in bed every night now. Like, I don't know what's happening. If now's not the time to have ice cream in bed every night, I don't know (laughs) when is. I know. Another mom said, you know, an evening walk that every day the whole family goes for a walk. And another one, actually, this was hysterical. She said right before bath and bedtime, the whole family has a naked dance party. <laughs> you know, So that's what we're going to remember. And I love that. And the last thing I would say that I've discovered is the creativity and the humor of people around the world, which for me has been highlighted by being on TikTok more. <laughs> 
I I just have, joined it because of all of this. It is like a little place of happy where Instagram can make people feel insecure and you know you're comparing. TikTok is where people are putting out creative content and yes, some of them might be 20 years younger than you, but we appreciate the humor, everyone's home and being creative and making these videos and I had it before but I spend more time on it now. It just is like a little bit of happy in the day. I love that. I think that's really nice. Last night I had the idea, my son has a tent in his room and he always wants to sleep in it. So I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun if this weekend I set up his tent in the living room and we just have like a family camp out night, pull a couple of mattresses <laughs> into the living room, put his little tent over the mattresses and just, you know, maybe make s'mores or do something silly and make it family camping night. I love that idea. That's exactly it. Where you're taking things that are around your house and you're thinking about them in a different way. As scary as everything is, there's a lot of nice stuff coming out of it. So thank you so much for all these ideas. I think people are going to really, really love them. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Because every day you post a ton of stories with so (laughs) many ideas, and it's just a really great resource all the time, but especially right now. You can find me at Maker Mint, M-A-K-E-R-M-I-N-T on Instagram. And anyone in New York, you can hire her. When we get back to actually getting together. Thank you so much, Renu. This is great. Stay safe and stay sane. Carrie, you know what I've been doing to pass time? Drinking? Yes. Also, (laughs) spending money on skincare way too much, but you just found something that I think is super, super cool. It is. It's this awesome service called Hello Ava. It's basically an online concierge for skincare. You use the app or you go online, you fill out a short quiz. They set you up with an esthetician who sends you a consult of what they think would be best for your skin. And it's super awesome because there's three different price points, high, medium, or low, and you can figure out how dedicated you want to be to your skin. Do you want a million products? Do you want not a lot of products? And then they sent you a consultation sheet with every product that they recommend. You can pick what you want, choose what you don't want, and it's at a discounted price and it's all available. They send it to you directly in a box with your little prescription all together in one place. It's so awesome. I love that. It's so easy. And your friends at Hello Ava have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's MOMS20 to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. And you can do all of this at Hello Ava, H-E-L-L-O oava.co. And the best thing is it's sort of like skincare for social distance because everything is done through text. What a time to be alive. So I found this New York Times article that I sent to you that I really, really like. The article is called, I Refuse to Run a Coronavirus Homeschool. And this really appealed to me, not that I'm Luna's the age to be homeschooled, but almost all the other content I've been reading is, here's how to homeschool your kid. Here's some charts. Don't feel like you have to be too productive, but this is what you should do. And here's a workout mid homeschooling. Like it's been all this stuff. And so I read this article and basically this woman talks about how this is not a normal time. One, she is not a teacher. Two, I think she said she had three kids, plus her and her husband both are working from home, that she is going to let it be a hot mess. And you know what? She kind of lets it be a hot mess even when it's not quarantine time. She's like, my kids are not necessarily the most neat. They're not necessarily the most clean. I try to have them be good people. But guess what? They're going to be watching all the TV and doing all the screen time while my husband and I have Zoom calls. I am not going to create a colorful chart that says, 
says, now we do this. We're not going to do meditation midday. Instead, what I've been doing is having cookie recipe contests. Which cookie tastes the best? I'm interacting with my kids, doing the best I can, and also trying to work from home. But I'm not going to be replacing a teacher in any of this. What I find really interesting is you and I obviously started at Scary Mommy, which Mm -hmm. is the whole tone of that media company is about real motherhood and this movement toward trying to be authentic in our motherhood quests and journeys. And all of a sudden coronavirus happens and like everyone is trying to be like mom of the fucking year instead of acknowledging that some days we're falling apart and some days you're just trying to work and some days you're doing this and some days you're doing that and you just, you can't always be the best mom. There was this quote in this article that I really loved and resonated with me where she says, I'm also not a parenting expert, a fact that would be clear if you met our wonderful but somewhat feral children. (laughs) But I do know from often painful firsthand experiences that trying to turn mothering into a competitive sport is straight up unhealthy. It's not a game I want to play. And amen, honestly. Yep, I agree. Homeschooling for me is ABC Mouse. Did you see that part in that article? This was crazy. She was saying that chatter among her friends were that if she didn't homeschool her kids, that they were not going to be able to get into college. And it was something like her kids like in first grade and they're like, oh, the kid's going to be so behind from you not homeschooling them that they can just forget college. No. Is the kid really going to be so behind when every other kid in the entire world is also at home right now? No, it's not. It's in no way. Like, is this in some way going to probably mess up our kids' education in one way or another compared to the education of those who have already graduated and are in the workforce? Yeah, probably to some extent. Like, I don't know if kids are going to be held back. We don't know how long kids are going to be out of school. Some people are saying for the rest of the school year. Other people have said for the rest of 2020. We don't know. You know, if you have a school-age child, which you and I do not, I wouldn't be surprised if they said you have to take that whole grade over again. I mean, this is how I feel. School back when I was a kid was so different. People played outside for long periods of time. Uh I didn't learn a second language until high school. Now kids in kindergarten and first grade are learning second languages. They're taking home homework in kindergarten and first grade. There's hardly any playtime. I know I make fun of that I'm not smart, but I'm a very intelligent person. And I didn't have all of the curriculum that kids have now. And I turned out just fine. And I'm hoping that some of this crazy thing that's happening in the world gets us back to remembering that we don't necessarily need to force people to be productive high achievers and that productive high achievers causes stress and all this other stuff. I love you, but bitch, you just made yourself sound so old. You were like, in my day, I had to walk to school and all my books were held with a belt. I mean, kind of. No. But we did, we played more. In kindergarten, it was just playing. It was just playing and reading and learning manners and gluing shit with a glue stick. And in first grade, we start really learning. But we had like an actual lunch. We played for, we had gym, you know? Yeah. I just want kids to play. Do kids not have gym now? Not always. I just want kids to play. I'm kind of into this idea of nature school. I don't know if I would actually do it, but when kids are in preschool, before it gets to like, we have to read now, that they take them outdoors and they're like, this is how you nurture a plant to grow. You have to take care of it. It's not a terrible idea, but you've never sounded more Brooklyn. But you're not wrong. I get what you're saying. I don't have certain survival skills, but I guess that's also what you have Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts right. and stuff like that for. I'm an old lady homesteader. That's because I'm old and I had home ec. What year did you graduate high school? Graduated ni- high school in 1996. Oh, 
Okay. I'm old. It's going to be like, you're not that much older than me. I'm that we, much older than you. When we say it like that, you are that much older. I started college in 1996. Wow. I was a freshman in college in 1996. Jesus Christ. Point of the story is, I'm trying to do this with Luna even though she's not school age, but even if I had to quote unquote homeschool her, I would do some of the stuff, but honestly, I would focus on life stuff that you might not get to do yes. all the time when you have to go to work. Like, this is how to plant a garden. This is how we cook banana bread. I'm hoping people use this time to also do those kinds of skills and not just be like, this is the section we have to do. Now, granted, I know that my friend's school, they're checking who's logged into like the Zoom meeting and they're getting credit, but you have to be on time logged in to get credit mm. for that day. So some people have to do it in order for their kid to be counted for this year. I know that's not every school system. I don't I don't understand what you mean. Sorry. Okay, so Valerie's kids, she's got three kids in school in three different schools. Right. Each one of her schools is a specialty school. One's for like genius kids. Another one is for kids with learning disabilities and the other one's an autism specific school. All of them are continuing hardcore curriculum, but each kid has to log on to a device to like the portal of where the teachers are teaching them at the designated time and have to stay on and be in the classroom visually to get counted for that lesson. Mm, Okay. So she was telling me her specific predicament, which she's always in one because she's got a lot of kids all with different needs, is that, you know, she's got a toddler. She's got to keep the toddler busy while she helps the autistic kid log in and be with him because he needs a one-on-one aid. Then the other two, she's like just having enough devices for all of these kids because school's at the same time. So she's like, we got the one kid an iPad. The other kid uses my laptop. Then I'm on the big computer with, you know, the other kids. She's like, it's a cluster Yeah, it's a lot. It's too much. The other thing that I think is interesting, a teacher friend of mine posted on Instagram, it's not homeschooling unless you're coming up with the lesson plan. And I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. You know, again, the entire world is going through this. Somebody was telling me that their child has to actually put in designated four hours of work. And I don't understand how they keep tabs of it. I'm assuming kind of the way Valerie's kids, you know, you have to be in at a certain time, you have to be present the whole time. That's a lot for kids right now and they're probably scared and they don't fully understand everything that's happening. It just sounds like a lot. My other friend who lives in New Jersey, Christy, she was telling me, I guess it's like her district or whatever that school zoning district is. A long time ago, like when the laws were passed about schools, distance learning, certain teachers had to be specifically trained to teach distance learning and that the current union standard is a teacher cannot teach online content for that district. And so these kids are left with nothing, no support from the school. Right. So like my friends, kids who are in New York City schools, they're able to do it because the New York City teachers can jump online and teach the students right away. But this New Jersey district. So my friend Christy, who um, was a teacher and stopped teaching when she had her kids, she got together and was like, I'll get the curriculum and I'll do my best until New Jersey can quick try to pass another law that allows their actual teacher to do it. So she's been basically running the distance learning for her daughter's classroom till they pass the law. Another thing that I read in the New York Times that I sent to you that I sort of feel like is a companion piece to this article. You know that book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt? No. Okay, there's a kid's book called We're Going on a Bear Hunt and it basically is a pretend game where the dad takes all his kids and they pretend they're going to hunt a bear and they say, but I'm not scared. The whole thing is we're going to a bear hunt, blah, 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 and I'm not scared. And it helps teach how to handle when you're scared. That's what the book 
in a larger oh, census. Oh, that's why they're doing the bears. And so people are putting bears in their windows and rainbows and then encouraging families, not just in the US, this is all over the world, people are doing this. And then when they take their bike ride or their walk while they're social distancing, the kids count all the bears and they're going online every day and being like, I count seven bears or whatever. And it's a way for them to read the book, help them deal with fear and have something productive to do. I did read um, an update to that article that the man who wrote the book is in the hospital and they don't know if it's corona related. Jesus. I'm friends with a local mom blog, Little Hoboken, and they put a thing out where they were like, no, we will not participate in something like this because you're encouraging people to stay home. Why would we do something that encourages people to walk around? You know, I don't think it's an invalid point. Yeah, my mom's neighborhood, almost no one's walking. And I've even seen two people walk and then there's enough road that they can just go on either side of the sidewalk. So totally. I think in this circumstance, although I did read that some people are just driving their cars around. You know, but Hoboken is so, the sidewalks, there are certain streets you can't even push a stroller down because there's a tree or, you know. So I get what they're saying and I I don't disagree. And I do want to take this opportunity. I try to get out of the house once a day for a walk. I live in a less on top of each other area. But stay the fuck home, guys. Yeah. Just stay home. We're not If you have to go out for a walk, that's okay. Just keep your distance. Be smart. But stay home because this is the only way we're going to get out of this is if we just like hunker down down. Hey guys, so, you know, we've had some great ideas from Raynu. We have talked about teddy bear and rainbow hunts in windows. What are you doing to keep your kids sane? We want some fresh ideas. I'm sure the Momtourage community would love to hear them. So send us an email at momtouragepod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast. Even better, if you have something creative, take a picture of it, DM us, and we'll put it on the Instagram. Hash. Hashtag swag bag. My hashtag swag bag is coronavirus related, although it's been a hashtag swag bag secretly for years for me. And that is Cool Ranch Doritos. I love mm. Cool Ranch Doritos. I saw on someone doesn't. I mean, I think that some people don't like Cool Ranch. I have yet to meet that person. And honestly, it's better I don't because I might just right on them. I'm so in love with it that I looked at the chip and I was like, look how beautiful you are. You've got flecks of red. You've got flecks of yellow. Oh, Cool Ranch Doritos. I love that your hands still kind of taste like them Mm. hours later. Very important question. Yes. Because this says what type of person you are to me, even though I pretty much know what type of person you are. Do you suck the flavor off of your fingers after every chip or do you let the flavor build up? Build. And then, yes. Who, I mean, it's like a modern day marshmallow test. And when I, and when I used to have fake fingernails, one of the things that I loved most was when it would get stuck underneath your fake fingernail. Ew. And then you could really like flavor save that shit. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So yeah, that's my, that's my tits. Cool Ranch Doritos. Reach out. <laughs> All right. So mine this week is the Wall Street Journal Wine Club. I uh, just joined. Because I told you about it. It's so good. Firstly, let me start by saying, in case my mother-in-law listens to this, which I don't think she does, I have not paid for our wine club. It is my mother-in-law's subscription that we are benefiting from because they don't ship to Delaware, so she hasn't shipped to us. It's a gift <laughs> from your mother-in-law to help you deal with Matt, her son. Right. Yes. 
Exactly. Let's go with that. I'm actually going to contact them and see if they want to do something with us. Hey, Wall Street Journal, Wine Club, reach out. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Uh, Basically, they have a deal where it's like your first case of wine is $70 plus you get three extra bottles. And then in New Jersey, depending on where you live and who it's getting shipped by, they have like a different little added bonus. So New Jersey, it's like an extra special bottle of something and like two wine glasses all for 70 bucks. There's shipping and handling and taxes and all that other shit. It comes out to roughly $99. Yes. For, so for 16 bottles of wine. So wine clubs are basically the thing to do right now. And thank God for them. I know. I'll report back when I get mine. Ours came, I mean, Carol's came yesterday. We downed a bottle last night. Lovely. Can't wait to know which red bottle we're going to consume tonight. Wall Street Journal Wine Club, you should sponsor our drinking game each week. They should. I'm going to reach out to them, honestly, as soon as we get off of this. Today we have this. This is the featured <laughs> wine for today's conversation. I'm going to email them and say, hi, Wall Street Journal Wine Club. I was wondering if you would like to sponsor my show where we talk about alcohol a lot and I've given you so many shout outs. <laughs> and if you want to send me free wine, we'll feature I it. wouldn't hate you. And also do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. So that's our show. This was a good episode. Yeah. I think we got a lot of great tips. Correct. Just the tips. Just for a Just second. Just the tips. Just to see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. That's how a lot of our kids were created. Oh, God, I hope not. Just the dip. Just for a second. If you're going to get a kid out of it, I hope it was a lot more than just the tip. A lifelong of love and agony for a second of a tip? Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. Anyway, it's not like I'm going corona crazy. <laughs> also, Andrew Cuomo rides a motorcycle, so I'm pretty sure they're nipple, nipple rings. Yeah. They, 100% they're Chelsea Handler's obsessed with him. If you go to her Instagram feed, it's just her basically writing him love letters. I actually... They would be a good couple. Yeah, I would love to see that coupling. And you know they would have crazy sex. Andrew Cuomo, do the right thing. Reach out to Chelsea Handler. Yeah, make that happen. Okay. Make that shit happen. All right. Anyway. Bye, guys. Bye. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay the fuck home. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom Tourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.